Season two, episode three of the Row One Sports podcast. One day before the um, NFL draft, 2021 NFL draft that we've all been obviously extremely excited for. Um, we've seen hundreds of mock drafts. We've agreed. We've disagreed. We've argued. But um, tomorrow we'll we'll find out where our fate lies and uh, see what direction we're going to go um, tomorrow at eight o'clock. So I'm excited, man. I haven't been this excited since about 363 days ago, last time we took Thomas. So, I mean, I'm fired up. Um, sat in the same spot during quarantine, and it was uh, a weird time. But seems like we're kind of – things are on the up. The Giants are on the up. It seems like New York and the rest of the world is on the up. So, there's nothing but good things coming. I'm, I'm excited. Let's, let's get it going. Yeah, I mean, I think for the first time, it's kind of a, a toss-up of where we're going to go at 11. Uh, most of the time, over the past couple of years, we've picked so high in the draft that we haven't even had a chance to really leave it up for a surprise, right? I mean, you knew we were going to be able to take Saquon. You knew that we were going to take the offensive lineman last year, just you know, according to our needs. Um, but I think we've done a really good job in free agency, not even just last year, but, you know, even the year prior, building a really solid roster that doesn't have a ton of glaring holes for the first time in years. I agree. So, I think that the best thing about, I mean, picking 11 is, you know, the Giants have done some really good work at free agency and they have improved as a team since Joe Judge has come here. That's, you know, that's not even up for debate. But the thing about this 11th pick is we, we, we could go cornerback. If the Giants go cornerback, you can't be surprised. If the Giants go offensive lineman, you can't be surprised. If they go receiver, you can't be surprised. Kyle Pitts, I, I mean, there's a million, even edge rusher. I mean, there's literally five or, or Parsons. There's five or six different positions that the Giants can choose from where every pick wouldn't really make you scratch your head. So it's, I mean, it's all up in the air. I know last podcast I said Mika Parsons. I guess I'll stick with that now, but – that doesn't seem like – I mean, I, I, you know, there was more traction there about a week, or, a week or two ago. But are you, still, are you still on your pick of Slater? So my original pick of Jalen Waddell is, is still on the board. But that was about a month ago. That was before the free agent signing of Kenny Galladay. And then I kind of teetered back onto the idea of Rashawn Slater. I think that he would do wonders for not only – Daniel Jones, but Saquon as well, and, and, you know, the offense as a whole. So I'm, I'm cool with both. I'm not one to really care. You know, I don't want to be right. I just want to be good. Um, whoever, whoever we go with, I, I'm going to have complete confidence that that's the right pick. And there's really a lot of hope and, and reason for me to think that. Um, I was looking at a tweet somebody put out the other day of the roster that Dave Gettleman took over you know, three years ago. And it was Not a good Brett Jones, John Jerry, Eric Flowers, Orleans Darqua. And these were 
Darian Thompson. These were These guys who are not, they're not in the league anymore. These were starters on her on our team going into the season. And yes, we had Eli and yes, we had Odell and they were able to mask some of the poor roster that we had, but now I want just a stud ball player that's going to be able to be part of this culture. The Giants, they have the ability now to kind of do that. They can take literally the highest guy on their board, regardless of need. They're, the Giants don't have a glaring, glaring need. They, they need, you know, the off, obviously, you know, adding to the offensive line, who they have some good pieces and some not so good pieces. But, I mean, listen, every team is going to pretty much needs uh, another great offensive line. You can't have enough. Every team pretty much needs a stud edge rusher. I mean, listen, it'd be great to have a Miles Garrett or a Von Miller or guys like that, but those guys don't come around so often. So you could put a good player in at 11. It doesn't really matter where he's playing as long as he's making an impact. And I think a lot of something that's not getting talked about is a corner at 11. And, and I, I see a little traction for that with Art Stapleton and Rannon saying it. I'm not like a fan of going with Horn or, or Sertain at 11. Um, I think the fan base would erupt like they always do when they don't agree with stuff. It's a silly, that's a silly way to react. But if you're going to guarantee yourself the best player on the board and he happens to be a corner and he's going to play opposite Bradbury and Adoree Jackson and, and have Logan Ryan and be a part of a stud group, yeah, sure. Like who's to say that Patrick Sertain can't be a top five corner in the league? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want another stud player? No, I agree. I totally and it's like if you want to look at like everybody else who you're comparing him to, like yeah, Jalen Waddle would be a beast, but we already have our guy. We already went out and got Kenny Galladay, and we've already proven to to love Sterling Shepard and, and Darius Slayton. There's yes, Bradbury we love, but Adore Jackson's coming in on on a, on a flyer. He's a free agent. And not so much of a flyer. They give him a big deal. He's he he's not. He's 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 replaceable. Let's say that. As far as as far as free agents go, he's not coming in, and you're not saying this guy's a stud corner. You could say that about Sertain. Let me rephrase that. Adore Jackson is not a good enough player to pass on Patrick Sertain. Does that make sense? I, I agree with you. However, I do think the Giants, if they go corner at 11, and you and I haven't even spoke about that on this podcast at all. I mean, there's been some like preliminary discussions off, but I don't, we haven't talked about corner at 11, and it's starting to seem a little more like a reality. It's not that crazy, but I think that, you know, Bradbury's contract's expiring in two years. He's going to be due for a new contract. Right, It's right around the corner. I know he's just paid, but it doesn't matter. This shit happens quickly. So I don't think the Giants could be drafting for 22, 23, 24, 25. You know, you get that first round corner and you have that fifth year option. It's not so out of the realm of possibility that the Giants are taking a corner. They're taking Jace Horn at 11, or they're taking Patrick Sertain at Alabama. I don't know if that's so crazy. I think you're right. And obviously, you know, you're going to, as Dave Gettleman said, you're going to draft according to the strengths of your coaching staff and your roster. If they want to come out and say, we want corners everywhere we look, we want to be able to, you know, we want that to be our strength. We understand that um, we don't have the most dominant defensive lineman, or we don't have the most elite edge rusher right now that's why you're going to take that corner because you already have yeah right but what we are going to say is we have two to three lockdown corners and we're going to solidify ourselves as the top one or two most talented defensive back in the league and that that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna thrive and if and listen if you're the giants and you have quitty pay or or a guy like jalen phillips out of miami not you know your highest rated player at 11 i am not taking that like it's not happening 
If, if Jalen Phillips is 19th on your board and Jace Horn is 10th and he's there at 11, I'm taking him. I don't care. Or I'm trading back. But for me, to, to reach for an edge rusher when you've heard and you and I have been told by various different people that the edge clash is not strong this year. It doesn't seem strong. It doesn't seem – every year, you know, you have that one guy. You had the Miles Garretts. But, and every year, normally, you have that one guy who's a DN or an edge rusher who's at the top of the class, and you don't have that this year. I mean, think, think about it. A month ago, Gregory Rousseau was – he was the best, best edge rusher. And now, all of a sudden, is he a first-round pick? Is he a late 20, 25, 30 pick? Like, so the, the edge rusher class is too skeptical for me to just jump on one at 11. Yeah, I, I think that um, that edge rusher idea might be a little bit thrown out the window just because of the level of talent that you're going to get at 11. Yeah. And to bring up another point, which is a good conversation topic right now, is the idea of trading back. Um, Gettleman's never done it. Yeah. Um, and I think for good reason. I mean, the way that the board is, is going to fall tomorrow night with five quarterbacks, four to five quarterbacks guaranteed. Definitely four you. could be five. In, although we're picking at the 11th spot, it, it's we're not getting 11 value. Like we're getting a top one to two position player on either side of the ball. Um, and, and it's not a very deep draft as far as the first 10 to 15 guys. There's a, a few guys that you'd love to have. Very top heavy in the sense yeah, that exactly. the studs are really toward the top of like how it's been the last 10 years. So if, if, if someone's calling Dave Edelman to take that 11th pick, you better offer up. Like this is not – a second round. This is this you could get the Heisman winner at eleven this year. There could be multiple first round picks for this eleventh pick, and that's the only way I would do it. I wouldn't move back. To, I, I but I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't think we're going to do it. I wouldn't move back to you know sixteen or seventeen. Let Philly draft in front of us. Let Washington draft in front of us. There's no way the the value that we have at eleven is 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 way too high to even consider taking that call. I think because because of how top heavy the draft is, because realistically, including the quarterbacks, you have like fifteen absolute studs, and I don't think a lot of drafts have that. And then there's obviously a fall off, like everything. But I think this year, I mean, you have legitimate three, maybe four wide receiver ones. You have a legitimate tight end, arguably could be Pro Bowler right off the bat. You have. Two quarterbacks with definitely Trevor Lawrence, who's got a higher grade. I saw Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah have him graded with John Elway, uh, Andrew Luck, and Peyton Manning. I don't disagree. I know. I got it. So, like, the draft is deep. And if you're telling me I'm the Giants and I could get the guy who won the Heisman Trophy winner, realistically, maybe the best skill player in college football in the last five, ten years, really, with the numbers he put up. You sent me the numbers the other day. Eight, what do you have, 1,800 yards and 20-plus touchdowns? Are you joking? In one season. It's, that's not even a thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the luxury that we have right now. We're actually very fortunate to be in this position. I mean, you look at last year's draft, the 11th pick is, is cut in half for, compared to the value that you can get. Who went 11 get. last year? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head who went 11. Probably, like, somewhere in, like, that Tristan Wirfs area. But there's, there's, there's no legitimate offensive lineman besides Sewell. Like, he's the lock of the draft. I think Slater's really he, good, too. Slater's very good, too. But uh-huh. you don't know enough about him where you're like, that's my guy. Like, Sewell to me was always like Quinn and Nelson. Every single year that you always get that left tackle get off the board in the top four or five picks. You know, we got Loggy last year. We got Thomas. Yeah. 
this year it's really just Sewell sitting there. And if the Giants have the opportunity to trade up in the draft and get someone like him, that's something that I would entertain. There's nobody else on this board that I would consider moving up or down for except for him just because – Because the still guys are going to be there. There's going to be – and you could kind of relate that back. I know that Dave Yellman was very key on recruiting – Justin Herbert, and I'm sure that he's done a ton, of, a ton of homework on Sewell when they were playing together at Oregon. So that's something that I bet you that they have an eye on. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But let me ask you a question. You said that, you know, you're not moving back in this draft because of the talent, because the price. So, I mean, you're not, yeah, you're not, you're not throwing this 11th pick away for the 15th or 16th. The problem is you're okay. trading up to eight because I saw today Bleacher Report, I'm sure you saw the same thing, that the Giants had some heavy interest in Sewell, and they said that Inrap said that his floor is eight. So, I'm, are you trading up to eight to get him? That's the problem. First of all, what, what people need to understand is what a smoke screen is. And I think that sports fans in general need to do a better job of understanding just because you read a headline that, they're, that it's just automatically true. Agreed. I, I don't disagree. But – the kid's a stud. He's not falling out of pocket. Like I said, he is the only one in this entire draft that I would consider giving up draft capital to complete that offensive line. If he was able to be on our line this year, I said it. I said we would be considered a, a threat in the NFC if we could complete the offensive line, get an unbelievable – Say that one more time. Say it again. We would be a threat to the NFC if Panay Sewell falls to the Giants at, at wherever, wherever he may be. I don't think he's going to come to 11, but if we go up and get him, Sure. You're talking about the best running back that w- in the draft with Saquon. Then you're talking about Daniel Jones, who was, you know, a-, a good quarterback in that draft. And then two years following, you're getting the best left tackle and the best right tackle. And yeah. it's like a genius to know that, you know, that that's probably going to be a pretty good roster, right? I, listen, buddy, from your mouth to God's ears, I've been I've been praying the Giants roster is going to be good since we won the last Super Bowl, and it ha- really hasn't. But yeah. You, you could dream, right? I mean, the dream scenario for me is to get Sewell. I think that he's the most pro-ready guy. I mean, before the season even started, he was projected as the number one pick before, you know, you knew who was taking – well, besides Lawrence. He was projected to go to the Jets before, you know, they showed their hands with the quarterback. So if you could get that guy if – he, if he drops past San Francisco, you know, past Atlanta, the Bengals are going to be the key because they're going to need to protect Burrow. If – they make an awful decision to take Chase, which I wouldn't pa- put it past the Bengals. Oh, the Bengals? Yeah, if they pass on to take him, To take him over is, is silly. After I know it's silly, but it's, it, they've made bad decisions before. They're, they're a bad organization. They get enamored with the, with the connection from LSU. I agree. But if that happens and he goes past the Bengals, I think that the Giants could be in a serious running to either trade up to get him or sit pretty and be able to take him at 11 because – the Cowboys aren't going to take him. The the bang uh, the Broncos will probably end up taking him if he's available to protect the QB. They just traded for Bridgewater today. Listen, listen I, I there's some guys that when, when there's one offensive tackle that is that dominant, and there's only really one Slater too though, but more so Sewell. I don't think he's going to slip past. I agree. Past those. I, it's I just agree. It's no, you're right. and for us to get to eight. At the minimum, it's going to cost our second-round pick, I would think, right? At the minimum. Yeah. I'm not doing, I'm not doing that. If for me, if I could trade back to 13 and get Slater and get another second-round pick or a third-round third pick, that's what I'm doing. And Sewell's a stud. 
But the Giants, you know, the more good players we can get on the roster is the way to go. And if that's the way, if they could still lock down Slater anywhere, at, even at 11, because I don't think Sewell would be there. If they could trade back, maybe get some, some more draft capital, maybe trade back into the first round or something like that, that's what I'm interested in. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is how I see the NFL draft. You want to be able to just minimize the risk of that player becoming a bust, right? You want to you wanna maximize his potential to, to, to know that if you're picking him at 11, he's going to be a starter for your team for at least five years, which would be the length of his contract, assuming yeah. that you pick up the 50. Hopefully more. Hopefully more. And, and to bring it back to a guy like Patrick Sertain, that's where I see, now that I'm thinking about it, he has the most – potential to be good and the least potential to be a bust I mean the guy's a a, a stud Alabama cornerback if you're the best cornerback in the nation you know, you know what you're going to get from the kid every single week assuming that he's healthy and everything I mean you could even talk about question marks at the receiver position I mean Jalen Waddell he he could be the most talented position player at, you know receiver wise but he was hurt um players who get hurt in college get hurt in pros. Smith is um, Chase hasn't played so I mean, I'm not saying that those guys can't be stunned. They obviously have more upside, but where the Giants are picking right now, we, we're kind of in a luxurious spot where we just want to get that, that one guy that doesn't need to be, you know, we don't need to force him into a position, you know? The roster, the way it's constructed right now, I'm, I'm so happy from top to bottom, quarterback, running back, line, D-line corners, edge guys. They are building a correct – they're building the correct way. They're not ready to win the Super Bowl, right. but they are building a correct way. And you can't – And it's obvious. It's obvious because, you know, draft day is coming around tomorrow. We don't know who we're going to pick. We don't We don't even know who we necessarily want because there's no need. I didn't even need to watch the draft That's last year. Because the good teams – and I'm not saying the Giants are a good team. Yet. They weren't a good team last year. They were average at best. Played some good football down the stretch. But the good teams – don't have to go jump on needs because they're already constructed in a sense where they can win without that one guy they're missing. Right. So that's really the goal for the Giants. If the Giants – listen, they haven't played yet, obviously, since this ro- this new roster has been constructed with Galladay, Jackson, and more guys. But if the, the problem is they can take, like I said before, the five or six guys, different positions, and every one of them is going to make a big impact, and that's huge. Yeah. Huge. And it's – kind of speaks to Patrick Graham I mean he's we we all love what he did what he did last year and what he's going to improve on and his scheme is kind of you know to get a really good pass rush with those front guys I mean that's why we there's fortunate enough to re-sign Leonard Williams Dexter Lawrence unfortunately Dalvin came but we replaced him in you know very quickly with Danny Shelton guy I haven't heard about Dexter Lawrence man a lot of no noise with him I, I'd like to see him and I know listen we don't, we don't have to talk about the D-tackle yeah. Uh, the day before the draft, but guy that needs to make a huge impact this year with uh, with uh, Dalvin Tomlinson being gone. De- yeah, I mean, as we spoke about on this podcast, I mean, De- Dexter Lawrence is a really, really good football player, and that's impactful, obvious. Impactful, impactful. He's not going to put up those glaring numbers, you know, like those sack J.J. Watt. It's like a snacks thing with the sa- with the with the statistics so you're not going to see the huge statistics with that. right but i i love the fact that he's our second best defensive lineman and i wouldn't look past drafting a, a defensive tackle in the second they round won't. second round or third they will definitely i'm sure they, they why why wouldn't you it's smart the giants crushed the second round d tackles reese used to they just, yeah that's true but they, they just don't resign them that's the only problem so i mean i guess 
for all the listeners, round one, to be completely blunt, is a question mark. We could only really, we could really only just, it's, it's pick and choose at this point, which is a luxury, and let's get that confused, uh, not get that confused. But as you look into day two, I saw some rumblings today that the Giants are going to try to, or they have been doing some legwork on running backs. Scared me a little bit. No, I, I don't think that's scary at all. I mean, this is a business. I know that Saquon is I'm our – I disagree with what I'm saying. I'm saying it's just a little scary to think about that. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But, like, let's call a spade a spade here. He's an injury – is he injury prone? I don't want to say that word. He had a sprained ankle and a torn ACL. In- Coming off a, a torn ACL on a contract year in the most overvalued position in maybe even sports as an NFL running back. So the Giants need to make a smart business decision, make sure that they have a viable backup for him. And that might be in this year's draft in the second round. I totally agree. I, well, I, I hate to say it, but that's just, you know, the way it goes, right? I agree with you. That's the only reason why, and I'm not one to dwell on these types of small signings, the only reason why the Devonta Booker signing, I think it was two years, six million, was a little bit of a head scratch for me. I don't care. It's not my money. It didn't restrict the Giants from doing anything they wanted. And that's what's important. As long as signing Devonta Booker didn't stop them from signing Kenny Galladay or Tory Jackson, I don't care. It's just a little bit of a head scratch to me that they would sign a, a 29, 30-year-old running back journeyman, really, when you could just you can realistically get good players at the running back position in the second, third, and even later rounds. You see it all the time. You could you could find a running back. And that brings up another point. Um, I want to just plug my guy, Wayne Gallman, here. Not saying that – I'm not saying that – not saying that um, we should have re-signed him because I'm cool with letting him walk. Um, Jerry, you talked about it. Yeah. He was a Jerry Reese guy. You know, new system, that's fine. But to see the contract that he got with San Francisco, that he's making less than – he's making less than a million dollars a year – yeah. I mean, the guy was our best player on offense last year for the entire season. How does he not get signed? He's been a Wayne Gallman. You have- how, explain to me how 32, 31 teams said, I don't think he's worth. You know, I, I, already t- I said it to you. He's, he's an he's a NFL running back. He's very good. And he, not a starter. He, he doesn't need to be a starter because he's not going to start in San Francisco. I'm just saying from a contract perspective and a value standpoint why is he getting paid dirt nothing he's getting paid nothing you said that to me and I said he doesn't play special teams and he can't catch the ball that's big today man that's that's the reason why Booker's here the problem with Wayne Galman is who's a good he's a good runner of the football solid runner he's no he's literally a negative in the past game you you don't have to account for him at all Booker you kind of have to and he doesn't play special teams, and Booker does. So that – it makes sense. I get did If he did, either the Giants would have signed him for around the same contract Booker got, or he would have got the same contract from somewhere else. So it shows that the reason why his money was, his money was so low is because his market wasn't there, obviously, or else he would have, he would have got paid. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm not necessarily even saying that the Giants needed to offer him that contract. I just am shocked that – a, a, a team that needed a running back. I'm thinking of like the Jets, the Steelers, the Cardinals. Like, they doesn't, he doesn't need to be a starter, but he could he could do his job better than most running back twos in the league because he did his job great. He had no he last year the Giants' offensive line was average. The QB play was below average, and the receivers were below. He was the only guy that you needed to worry about, and he played very well for us. 
I don't. No, I'm just shocked. I hope. I wish him nothing but the best in San Francisco, um, and I hope that I continue to be proved right by his success because I've been saying it since he's been drafted. Yeah, he's a good player. I, I listen. I, I got nothing against Wayne. I think he's a good player. We don't have to devote the whole role on Sports Podcast. Right, to right. I mean, the guy's got the second. So, but so yeah. we could uh, we could stick to the current Giants running back. There was some news today that Barkley is going to be available for Week One, which is. Expected. Expected. I mean, how is that even? How is that even not expected? He, it's almost 12 months removed from an ACL injury, and um, we've seen him work it out in the offseason. Looks pretty good. Uh, it's, re- it's really hard to tell from you know the footage that we've seen. It's really just gonna have to wait until training camp comes and he puts the pads on, and we just hope and pray that he could come back 100%. Listen, the Giants, for them to be a contender this year. Not for the Super Bowl, but a playoff contender, like a solid to solid to good team. He's going to need to be play be playing very well, and he has to be healthy. The Giants spent huge, huge, huge draft capital capital on on Saquon Barkley, and if he's not going to be healthy this year, I don't know if he's you know he's part of the Giants organization going forward. He's literally exactly what you want out of a top pick, but the production hasn't been there since. 2019 is 18 really now since his rookie year, right? This is his fourth year already. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, he... Going on his fourth year, he has one torn ACL. He has four or five games missed in the sprained ankle. He's got about, and it, going into his, through three full seasons, Saquon's missed about 18 games, 20 games. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact amount of games that he's missed versus... Well, he got hurt week two, so... 15, and a sprained ankle, like 19, 20 games. What I did get explained to me, too, which is kind of like a weight on my back, because I'm, I'm honestly – I'm nervous as shit for him to come back because I, I don't know how it's going to be. Like, no, every touch, you're like, oh. These guys, especially with the Giants, like even like when Odell used to get – it's just so – it's been so hard to root for them. Like I just remember rooting for Odell. If a pass is overthrown, like, oh, he's, he's going to be screaming on the sidelines. Like this game – not like that, though. He's not like this one though. Like I was like every time he got tackled last year, I was like, oh, like is he good? Like even play, and, and then it actually happened. But the guy is our age. Like he, he's he's what is he? Twenty three, twenty four years old. The guy's a physical specimen. He's getting the the best training, best doctors, best physical therapy that that you could have in under God's green earth. Hundred percent. You would just expect that he comes back hundred percent. I mean, that's why you spent the second overall pick on him that knowing that, Hey, if he does get hurt, cause it's the most physical contact sport in the world, he could come back and still be a stud. And look at Dalvin cook. Uh, look at, look at Adrian Peterson. It's not like this is a new injury. This is people still play at very, very high level. Like you, I, I'm not surprised if Odell comes back and he has a great season this year. I mean, they play at high level. They're freaks. Odell is a, Obviously, is a little bit different. I mean, he's playing wide receiver. It's not really he, – he's, he's got a ton of things that could, you know, make or break how he does week in and week out. The offense that we have is literally constructed on running the ball and making sure that Barkley's – he's our best player. He's, he's, he's unbelievable to watch. He's literally poetry in motion. That's the best way to describe he's what he very, He's very Odell-like to watch, honestly. I haven't felt – I've never felt – I've never looked at a Giants – any skilled player and said, obviously we're only 20, 24 years old. So we haven't seen the best, some of the best, but I never looked at like even Plaxico Burris. Great, very great receiver. Odell Beckham was on another level at his peak. 
in my opinion. But on, it, the, the team was never constructed where it could really mean anything. Agreed. Yeah, the, best, the best running back in Giants with Tiki Barber, Saquon Barkley healthy is on another planet. Right, but it, that's why it needs to all come together this year. I mean, the defense is already there. The two most important factors of football are playing defense and running the ball. That's, that's what we preach. That's what Dave Gettleman preaches. That's what Joe Judge preaches. So you know the defense is going to be there. If you could establish that top five running game, why, why, can't, why is that crazy to think? Because you have Saquon. There's no way that you could be an average football team if you're top five in running and defense. So I would hope so. He's really the main factor, and, and what I'm most excited for going into the season is just hoping that we could get our guy back because he's so fun to watch. He's completely with the Giants' ass for when it comes to, you know, personality off the field. Big-time leader. Big-time leader, and as long as he proves that he's healthy, he's going to get that long-term fifth-year option. There he is right there. Honestly, he was exactly what the Giants wanted Odell to be and just never was. Just have to continue to prove it on the field. Yeah, it's also crazy to think that like those guys played on the same team. Crazy. And it was just like we sucked. Our, we, <laughs> we sucked. I don't even. That was more Eli. I yeah. mean, that goes back to the first point of of what I kind of brought up. I mean, you had John Jerry, you had Brett Jones, Eric Flowers, Marshall Newhouse. Yeah. I, I, Chad Wheeler, Mike Remmers, these guys were all on, on one team starting. They're not in the league anymore. The most I know, and, and it's just like you, you would think that the guys that we have now, the new age kind of younger, cheaper guys, from cheaper in some senses, more expensive in other positions, um, are, are going to be more effective, I hope. Before, before we – I know we were just going to hop on for our quick pod and then, you know, do our thing later, but I want to give a quick shout-out to the Dynasty League. I have to. Great, great, great league. Thanks, your boy, Bez. Always runs it well, so thank you for that. But before we wrap up, E, why don't you give me your last pick, your last final pick, your number 11 overall, 2021 NFL draft, New York Giants. What do you got for me? I, I, I think – Tell me where you were at. Tell me where you are now, and I'll do the same. So I tried to limit my, my picks. I know there's been, there's been tons of mock drafts, and I know I've said on this podcast the first guy that I wanted to get was Jalen Waddle, obviously the receiver out of Alabama. Less likely now. Just because of the upside that we ha- that he has, the the need that we had at receiver at the time prior to bringing in Kenny Galladay and John Ross. Yeah. Then I kind of switched. I said, you know what, this offensive line is, is still kind of scaring me. I know that, you know, there's still some young, unproven talent on there. You don't know if Hurt or Solder is going to really dominate that that right tackle spot. Um. I mean, the team is high on them. I'm high on Pert. I'm not high on Solder. If, if he could play right tackle for us at a third-round value, go ahead. I agree. Um, but now I'm actually back on, on the Jalen Waddle um, train. I saw that Miami actually came out today, said that they rated him higher than Jamar Chase. Not crazy. I think that he's going to be definitely available for us. I know that if he's not there at, the, at, at 11, that would, that would suck, but – you know, he, he's a stud. Um, and I also wouldn't look past taking that corner at, at 11. I mean, to the reasons that we spoke to, just taking the best player on the board from the best school in the country. And he's going to be part of an elite defensive secondary that we already have in place. So Give me, uh, I need one. I need one. Who I, the I, said, I said Waddle. I said Waddle's a guy. I just don't, I, I, I think Waddle. Okay. I, I, thank you. I appreciate that. So listen, I'll hold you to it. 
I started, I was a little bit all over the board, just like everybody. I, I know a couple podcasts ago, I went with Mika Parsons. The hype for him was, it was there. It was definitely there. I saw it. He's the best defensive player on the board, probably. Yeah, I would think so. The problem is I think the Giants are very comfortable with their defense. I do think the signing of Adoree Jackson tells me that there's going to be a lot of covered sacks here, just like there was last year. The Giants were pretty – they had like 40 sacks last year. You don't think about that because they don't have that guy with uh, 15, 16, 17 sacks. But Leonard Williams had 11 and a half, and, you know, other players made up for it. So I think that uh, my pick of Parsons is not happening. I saw a lot less traction for him the last couple weeks, even a month. Um, my final pick, two, 2021 NFL draft, I think the Giants are going to go with Devonta Smith. That, that's where I'm at right now. I think that they're going to do everything in their power to give Daniel Jones the best chance to succeed or else we're in a really bad spot, tough spot next year. And that's where I'm at. I, I think that I've seen Devonta Smith hype, obviously, since college football season when he won the Heisman. But now it's really starting to roll with the draft right around the corner. So Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama for me. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama for you. We'll see. I mean, listen, you can't go wrong. You can't you, go wrong. You can't go wrong. And that's, a, a, once again, to all the fans listening, that is a luxury that you don't know who we're going to take. Yes. I mean, there's there's a, a, a good amount of teams that know their, their, their needs, and they're going to address that. And we've been there. But, you know, you got teams in the back end of the draft, the Steelers, the Browns, the who else is back there the Chiefs the Ravens they don't know they, they don't know who they're going to take like oh. I said their scheme their coach their culture is already in place and they're just going to plug and play who the next guy is going to be and I think that the Giants are, are trending in that direction and like we said if it's going to be Waddle if it's going to be Smith if it's going to be Sertain if it's going to be Slater we're going to get a guy that's going to come in and compete in an established organization and culture and be an impact 100 percent I'm with you, buddy. So, I mean, it's more than just the first round. We could kind of get into an, another quick thing. I got a few more minutes here Please. before I go to Don Peps. Oh, uh, what about day two? So, we're both on the same page with day one. Obviously, we're going to take that receiver. So, where do you go? Where do you go in day two? And, and what other positions are you trying to I, I, I'm not Mel Kuyper. I'm not Todd McShay. All I'm saying is, I, you know, I try to update myself on Twitter and all the prospects as much as I can with school and everything else. But I do think there's a lot of good guards there. So you're going to ask me who am I taking? I don't, I'm not – I don't know, okay? Whether it's Dickerson or one of these guys, I think there's a lot of good guards that the Giants could hopefully plug and play into that Kevin Zeitler spot. Or, you know, you could take that deep tackle and fill in for Dalvin Tomlinson. There's, a, there's, some, there's some players here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little torn, but I could see the Giants going right guard um, or de-tackle in the second round. What about you? Yeah, I, I was going to say, um, there's a ton of insurance in these later rounds. And to, to relate back to the business side of football, you're trying to get that best value you could get. And you're talking about a second-round pick. These guys come out of nowhere and they're studs instantly in the second round. I mean, they're – they get second round all the time. Huge. Yeah, and, and that's more important than the first, definitely. I, you make your break in, in the, you know, the second, third, fourth round pick because you you relate back to the contract issue. You want to make sure that you're getting that value guy. Yeah. So I look at the second round and look at a guy like Eli Moore from Ole Miss. I mean, yeah. I know that we're. I said that we're going to use that first pick on a receiver, but I think that he could be an instant impact receiver. If they go, if they go Waddle, though, they're not going. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just kind of 
yeah. speaking out loud here on positions yeah. and, and guys that we could use. There's some guys. Terrace Marshall at LSU, uh, Kadarius Tony. There's some stud receivers. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's tons of studs. And it comes down to the culture that's established. And you could get all these guys, but if they're coming into a, a roster and an organization that's a disaster, yeah. they'll, they'll never be successful. But I think that we have veterans at every single position. You know, receiver, D-line, O-line, corner, safety. and Well, listen, he's our, he's our leader regardless. And um, if you could get a guy in the second round that's committed to, you know, being a, a pro's pro and, and wants to, you know, be as best as he can, I think that the roster that we have in place and with Joe Judge and the new player development that we have will really bode well for him. And um, I think we're going to take another D-tackle as well. I think that that Dalvin Tomlinson loss is going to be very, very hard to impossible to replace. Another big body. But, you know, like, like we said, Jerry Reese did a great job of finding two tackles in the second round. So um, they I'm, did sign Danny Shelton. Though. I don't know if he really stops them from doing whatever they want to do in the second round, but he's a big body in a run. Yeah. Stop. It's funny. And it's ironic because you would think that Kenny Galladay would be that guy where it's like, okay, he will stop us from drafting another receiver because he's okay. but even he's not even he's not he's an injury prone guy too he, we're one position or one injury away from you know being right back to where we were yeah, last year. you never have enough dominant receivers just like quarterbacks receivers there's a difference between a running back and receiver their receiver shelf life is much much longer that's why they're they're paid better for the most part and they last longer so i mean kenny Galladay's great really good player but He's not stopping it. And if I don't go with a wide receiver in the first round, he's not stopping me from taking a guy in the second round. He's not even stopping me from taking a guy in the first round. And he's a beast. Yeah, no, it, it, it's crazy to think that that's, that's true. But it, it, it's, that's the facts. And I've had some people say to me, like, well, if Galladay gets hurt, we're in the same position as last year. I mean, yeah, no, no shit. Like, if he gets hurt, we're screwed. But we didn't pay him $19 million a year to say if he gets hurt, you know? I know. You could say that about – you could say it about I mean, come on. I, I mean, will say I will say though, if the Giants don't go receiver first round, second round, I very, I very, very much expect them to target receiver. Because people I know that you kind of like Darius Slayton, but I and the Giants hit on Darius Slayton. Let's let's make that clear. As a fifth round rookie, he was very impactful last year, he had a down year, a lot of drops, but he's he, I mean at best, he's going to be our three, probably. He, he, to me, he's nothing special. I, I don't like the way he catches the football. He drops a lot of balls. And if you're telling me a guy like Elijah Moore or Terrace Marshall is there in round two and the Giants get some stud offensive lineman or, or defensive player in, in round one, I'm going that way, in my opinion, at least. I think there's enough starting guys there. I get that. I mean, second rounder, you're getting – 100%, uh, if not a starter, a rotational guy that's going to have an impact. You have to. You I have mean, to. especially the Giants this year. And for us who don't really have any scouting experience, it's kind of impossible, or we're not going to like bullshit anybody and say that we got a list of guys in the second round that we think. Oh, it, I'm, that, not, that, I'm not sitting here with this. That's not us. All we're here to do is identify the, the rumors that are true and the rumors that are not true and kind of give like a fan's insight of what we think. Average content to the average fan. That's all we're doing. I'm not giving you, you're not going to get the best take you ever heard from me. I'm not giving you the best take. I'm gonna we're also biased too. What? And we're also biased. Definitely winning the Super Bowl this year. But regardless of that, yeah, you're not getting the, the, the best analysis that Kuiper and McShay are giving. We're just giving average fan 
analysis. We love the team. We love what they do. So it's gonna be interesting. We'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a pretty crazy night tomorrow. We have a good night tomorrow. I think we're gonna order in some food, maybe a couple wings or three hundred something like that. Maybe ten or eleven hundred beers or something like that. It'll be fun. I'm excited. Got any uh, final takes for for episode three? The final take is for for me, and you can go after. I don't care who the Giants draft; they need to get an impactful, impactful starter at one of the position of needs in the first round and second round. doesn't matter who it is. It could be wide receiver tackle. It could be tackle receiver. It could be defense. It could be edge rusher. I don't care. I want two starters in the first round. And if we're going to move back, hopefully get three starters somehow like that to to acquire some more draft capital, I'm on board. I'm not moving up. But, listen, you need two starters. This team is not ready to win a Super Bowl, but two starters can really push them to really contend in the NFC East and maybe hopefully the NFC at some point. Gotcha. Uh, I completely agree, by the way. So my, my final take really goes back to Daniel Jones. And I get the idea that we're trying to get as much talent as possible before this year. But I also wouldn't, you know, take the idea of trying to complete the entire roster during this draft. So like, I know that I projected Jalen Wall to get drafted by us, but like you also this is enough. Like, this is plenty of talent for an average to even below average quarterback. The way it's presently constructed should try and make the playoffs. So I don't want to be like, now we need Devonta Smith. Now we need Jalen Wild to complete Daniel Jones. I don't – I think you're, you're, you're shooting for the stars there. Like, there's plenty of talent on this offense right now for him to be good. Hi, pal. Pal, take it easy. Sorry, this guy's honking this morning. I'm ready to go out there ripping by his head. Sorry about so, that. So, yes, Daniel Jones, like, do I want to sign up to get him another weapon? Of course I do. But to really get an idea of, of who this guy is going to be, I don't think you need to add. Now, on top of paying for John Ross, Kenny Galladay, Kyle Rudolph, with Evan Ingram, Darius Slate, and Saquon Barkley, I think that would be unfair and unjust to him. So, with that, um, you know, like I said, just taking the best player available and – if it's if it happens to be your receiver, sure, go ahead. I, I, I would trust Dave Gettleman making that pick. But yeah. I think without a receiver, Daniel Jones is still under a huge amount of pressure to compete with the offense. You can't an average football fan knows these guys. They're studs. They've they're proven NFL pro bowlers, technically with Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. Kenny Galladay is not a pro bowler, but he he puts up those yeah, types of seasons. Sure, okay. Absolutely. There's, there's three Pro Bowlers, right? That's got to be enough to be like, okay, listen, like the offense is good. Let's worry about the rest of the roster. Yeah. So that, that's really my final take on Daniel Jones. I think that he will take the guys that he's got right now and really take a grasp and make sure that he takes that next step. Um, but, you know, the team is 53 guys, so you can't just worry about Jones. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting tomorrow. Let's. Uh, we're going to let the draft process kind of play out the next – Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? I think it ends Saturday midday, probably. I think they can. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hop on. Uh, we'll hop on next week. Once. Yeah, we'll get on. We'll get on some point next we'll week. Our guys, and then we're gonna have the schedule release come out early in May. We're so, gonna we're gonna release this tonight. Can we get it out tonight? Yeah, it's definitely before the draft. You'll be able to hear this. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So let's. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. You have fun at Don Pep's. Have a little. Uh, what are you gonna do? A little shrimp Luciano. I'm doing salad. I'm doing baked clams. I'm doing yeah. shrimp luch and chicken lemon and butter. Don't leave your debit card at home, bro. They'll throw you out of it if you don't yeah, bring it. Yeah, I need cash. I need cash. <laughs>
All right, buddy. I'll see you tomorrow. Big day. Follow the Instagram. Follow the TikTok. Follow the drip kit. Follow whatever you got to follow. I'll get this out right now. Let's go, Giants. Peace, brother.